0: Hi, and welcome to Carbon Podcast. Uh, I don't know what episode number this is. Wow, I suck. Welcome to episode 431. Uh, I am your host, apparently, uh, Chris Truscott Brown. You're back from being kidnapped. Uh, was I kidnapped? I think that was the canon last week, and that's
1: why you don't know what episode it is.
0: Ah, yes. Yeah, I. Uh, th- oh, why is Matt online? I'm watching for Matt to join. Carry on. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I'm Peter W. Dawson, and you were supposed to intro me, but then you got distracted by a wild Matt
1: appearing. Well, no,
0: you you introduce yourself. There's only two of us. I'm sure you're capable.
1: Yeah, but you're supposed to be the host. I guess I'm hosting now. All right, so I'm Peter W. Dawson. Welcome to the Car Bomb Podcast, episode 431. Joining me is Chris Truscott-Brown, freshly returned from being kidnapped. Um, and uh, I have Help a question me. for you, Chris. Yep. Yeah. Uh, does it count as running 5K if you run less than 50% of the 5K?
0: I would think definitively no.
1: Yeah, Then I still haven't technically run a 5K. Damn it. <laughs> I okay. did I did a 5K this morning and it was... I probably actually ran or, you know, went above the average
0: 5 to 6K. Oh, no, okay. Mm-hmm. So you traveled the actual 5K. Yeah. But you didn't run the whole five k. No, I walked a majority of it. Uh, absolutely counts. Oh. A a run does not need to be a, a. There's a term for that. That is a sprint. Mm. A a a good run or jog or whatever you want to call it. You have to alternate. So yeah, you totally did it.
1: All right. I'll take it then. And on that note, we cue the theme song. out. <laughs> Right. And we're back. Um, I guess that was sort of a Jay and Silent Bob reference. How do you mean? Well, doesn't uh, Jason Lee playing his Mallrats character say that uh, right before they start doing that uh, bump 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 thing? In um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay, Jason Muse No, no, no. Jason Lee. The when he's talking to Jason Muse and uh, Kevin Smith who play Jay and okay. Silent Bob. When they're talking about when they're dropping the background on why there's a Bluntman and Chronic movie being made.
0: Oh, okay. I don't recall that. I thought you were confusing Jason Lee with Jason Mewes, and I was disappointed for a second.
1: Chris, what was Clerk Three last weekend, and it wasn't you. Believe me, I didn't confuse the two.
0: I am jealous because I want to see it, but I can't afford to go out to theaters. That's fair. That's why you got kidnapped.
1: Yeah, you really should pay your creditors. Nah. All right. Uh, so, speaking of financial woes, <laughs> this is gonna this is a good uh, segue as anyway into the main topic for this episode, which is hopefully gonna go some interesting places. Because I started with this one thing that was meant to be more of a dunk. Then I <laughs> thought about it, realized there's a lot more here than a dunk, and then I realized, man, this relates to a lot of recent news. So we're gonna get into this. Hey, Chris. Yep. Did
0: you hear about Google Stadia? I did not. I have been deliberately ignoring uh, the... Basically went about as well as Virtual Boy did. You remember that? Uh, Uh, The red giant binoculars? Well, I mean, Virtual Boy
1: was just a very awkward, uncomfortable gaming device. Stadia was meant to be a streaming platform that you could potentially hook up to your phone. Wasn't that
0: supposed to be gaming, though? What do you mean? Stadia. Yeah, no, it is gaming. Okay, but, but you, you play it on your phone or on your TV. Okay, yeah. so it's, it's a lot more divergent. And for the record, Stadia has officially lasted longer than Virtual Boy. Uh, do you mean it's still been going until recently? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. St- yeah, Stadia is officially going to cease
1: operations January 18th, 2023.
0: I thought it died, like, two years ago, so...
1: That would have been a blessing, considering um, the the main thing we're gonna... But do you want to get any casual dunks in here?
0: Well, I think I just did. Uh, mm. I thought it died two years ago. Clearly it's doing well.
1: <laughs> so, like, the main thing to understand about Stadia is it was meant to be just a streaming device. Like, you could hook it up to basically anything. Your phone, your TV, anything that could support it. It
0: it was supposed to be uh Xbox before Xbox did it. Mm-hmm. But then Xbox did it and did it better. Yep. And and the idea was the Netflix of gaming. And Google's like, "We're announcing a Netflix of gaming." And Xbox said, "Hold my beer."
1: Yeah. And well, that, I mean that's what essentially PlayStation Plus is to a degree as well now because you can get
0: that on any It's PlayStation Plus is catching up, but yeah, I got to say Xbox did lead that. Uh, yeah, like because like well, PlayStation Plus came out
1: first. Xbox did a better job of actually like integrating everything, and even then, PlayStation Plus I think it had a different name initially.
0: Well, PlayStation Plus and Google Stadia predated the the Xbox Live as it currently is.
1: Right, the current cloud gaming thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, but Xbox absolutely is dominating. Oh, yeah, the idea I mean, of netflix for gaming especially which, by America. the way netflix isn't dominating the netflix of tv and movies anymore either don't forget about luna luna yeah amazon's luna i am not familiar oh it's the same thing but amazon's well no that's prime prime video no 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 but for gaming oh they did a g- okay okay they are still doing... It's currently Here, active, Chris. Here's my comment yep. on Amazon's gaming. Yeah. Wait, Amazon does gaming? <laughs> yeah, named after Luna, and, um, you know, if you're familiar with crypto at all,
1: that's uh, not a great sign. Yeah. <clears <clears throat> gonna. Throat> yeah, but, um, you know, as much as we like to get into casual dunks, some of the story really struck a chord with me, and it really kind of ties into one of the major th- parts of the ongoing... Let's call it the discourse, for lack of a better thing, because this is a major conversation we're having about not just gaming, but uh, this, is, this is, affects television, this affects film, everything. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. When this goes away, that library that you have paid money for is gone. Now, you can- You're talking
0: about Luna. No, I'm talking about Stadia. We're going back to Stadia. Oh, Stadia. Because Stadia okay. is
1: 100% going away right now.
0: Oh, so Stadia is not just going dormant. It's aggressively burning the house down.
1: Yeah, because, like, they're shutting it all down, and since it's a cloud-based system, your cloud games will no longer, you won't have access to them anymore.
0: That's troublesome. Like, let's say we were using, as the example, Netflix. Let's say tomorrow, Netflix just shut right down, and the only thing you can watch on Netflix is what is currently on there today. I would eventually run out, but... I would have a lot. Mm-hmm. Dormant is not great, but acceptable. But burning I... it down—that's bad. Well, it like
1: like to, to clarify exactly because I want to make sure we're clear that it's not quite as bad as I may have made that sound because they are still refunding all hardware and game purchases made through Google or Stadia stores. Obviously, if you got purchased anything through a third party, you're fucked. Which, I mean, the games themselves, I don't think there's too many that were third party, so that might not be so bad. But, um, yeah, like, on the one hand, you're getting your money back and you can potentially purchase it on another platform. But, I mean, think about, your
0: your progress is probably not going to be able to transfer, you know, like... That's interesting, because think, think of a... Okay, back to dunking. Uh, think of a successful platform. Hmm. Could you imagine if let's let's just jump back to Netflix? Could you imagine the astronomical cost if Netflix not only shut down but deleted and just refunded all the money they've made since they left the uh, the red box days? That is unattainable. It's undoable. Oh yeah. The fact that Stadia can refund that that's why they're shutting down. <laughs> yeah, cuz
1: well they are still Google and apparently they're going to use the technology in different ways. Which yeah, makes sense cuz I mean it's still so, yeah. And <laughs> I was I just while we were while you were talking I did do some research and some of the games that are on there like the Assassin's Creed games the data is usually transferable through the Ubisoft network. Yeah. But, some other ones, and one of the ones that stands out to me just because it's a game i quite I always recommend Dragon Quest eleven that's a long ass game. Your data will not transfer. I'm almost certain
0: i have i I think that's the one I have on Xbox, probably that's the one from twenty seventeen yeah, so you you start out with a girl and a dog yep. Yeah, okay, that one. Yeah, the girl so, who keeps
1: saying crumbs when you uh, yeah. get
0: your ass kicked. So, which is hilarious. Well, I, lo- I love that game so much. I didn't get my ass kicked cuz I kick ass. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> tell me more, tell me I, more about your Luna. I never actually finished that game. I should. You I'm trying to think of a good insult right now. I I'm going to give you some more help. Huh? I legitimately loved and again thank you I loved Persona 4 Mm. which you bought for me Mm -hmm. I never finished that and I have no good reason other than I need to get back to that because I really really like that game I, I just I get distracted Chris focus more on the things you love
1: I'm not talking about your wife well, anyway, <laughs> on that awkward, I, I was hoping you were going to have a quicker retort to that, but I remembered who I was talking to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, I'm not quick. No. Well, I think the off the spot or off that dog, wherever we called it, proved that. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of which, hey, Extra Life's coming soon. Be sure to follow us on. Oh boy. W- yes, it is.
0: live slash CA. No. Www. Yep. dot live slash donate (laughs) (laughs) slash donate okay there we go and if you want to comment on this episode uh peter what is our phone line one 822 cab no you know I'm not (sighs) gonna (sighs) say it 1-833-222-1091 thank you and hey Jesse, if you're listening to this, why don't you
1: phone in? Because I get the feeling you have opinions on this, especially where where this episode's gonna go. <laughs> because I got other things I want to bring up.
0: <laughs> you really think Jesse listens to the episodes he's not on? Um I think so.
1: Okay. Yeah. Or or maybe <laughs> Nina makes him That's... listen to them. That would be funny. Uh
0: well she doesn't listen at all.
1: She's heard my voice many times though, so I have to assume yeah, Fair enough. I don't know. I actually forget how she... <laughs> Man, this is getting way too awkward to talk about people who aren't here. So I'm just no. going to move on. Please. Uh, yes. So my point is, it really sucks that you can purchase and build up a digital library, and then the service it's hosting goes away, and that library is now lost. And that even That is even, bad. Yes. And even if the financial cost of building that library and getting that hardware is all recouped, like if they refund it all, you're still losing that data. And that can suck balls.
0: And That's this straight is a, up
1: theft. Well, this is what I'm saying. Because, like, this has been a long standing argument that you're not purchasing a game, you're purchasing the license. Which is bullshit, in my opinion. And it's always been bullshit. And this has been the problem with moving to digital, even though we've. Because, I mean, like, Valve got shit for creating Steam all those years ago. And obviously, it became a giant moneymaker and is, like, how they run their business these days, right? Mm-hmm. But. If God forbid Steam went away, could you imagine what the fuck would happen?
0: It it would be like war crime level riots. Mm. Actually, it would be more. (laughs) Well, Chris, we're both fans of Final Fantasy VI, right? I think that's probably got to go down in time as my favorite game ever. That's fair. I think it's... it's typically the
1: one one of the ones I go to the most as well. Like, if it's not that, if we're talking like Link to the Past, Fallout 2, you know, there's a handful of games I would consider my all-time favorite. That's easily my favorite, Final Fantasy.
0: Um, Chrono Trigger is the strong second place for me.
1: Yeah, and like, sometimes I kind of feel like Chrono's better, but then other times I'm like, eh. Anyway, here's my point. Up until very recently, the only way you could legally purchase a copy of Final Fantasy VI was a shitty Android port on Steam. That one was bad. Yes, it was. Very bad. So, I mean, for whole generations of people, and, like, that didn't get added to um, the SNES Classic, right? That was, um, 2
0: or 4. No. SNES Classic had it and called it Final Fantasy 3. Oh, it did. As okay. presented on the SNES because, um... Th- was it 2 it didn't have? Uh yeah, it didn't have 2/4, two, 2, 3 or 4 or 5 actually. Yeah, cuz they jumped from Oh no, they had two, sorry. They skipped well, they, never, three, they 4 and 5. Yeah. We got those later, but honestly No, no, they
1: no, they skipped 2, 3 and 5, Chris. You and you're I'm talking about the ones we, that were on the SNES. The only one three that were we on didn't the, get 4 yeah, we did. That was
0: two. Was it? Yeah,
1: on the SNES, that was listed as Final Fantasy II, even though it was actually Final Fantasy IV.
0: Okay, I I thought we didn't get. Oh yeah, yeah. We no, only we got one on way.
1: the. We only got one on the regular Nintendo, and that was the okay, original Final so Fantasy. Okay, so we got
0: one, four, and six. Yeah. which were one, two, and three.
1: Yeah. Okay. And then they then they fixed it for seven. Uh, and
0: then they they stuck consistently. Thankfully.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is still a problem with Resident Evil, right? Because they did the Resident Evil biohazard thing, and then they decided now nah, we're still sticking with Resident Evil in North America, which, fair enough. I mean, that would have really probably still confused some people forever. It's, I mean, that's even more intractable these days, especially with all the movies called Resident Evil. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting slightly off topic. So my that's point is... we do. But, yeah, I, I know this is going to be a more free-flowing topic, because I've got at least two, oh, absolutely. I've got at least two or three more things related to this. Like I said, this is going to be a giant topic. Because, um... What was it saying? Uh, so, yeah, because that was the only legal way to get 6 for a long time was just the the shitty Android port, which was either available on your Android devices, I guess also on, um, Apple.
0: Uh, Speaking of Chrono Trigger, that did happen to Chrono Trigger as well. There was a terrible port. <laughs> they fixed that immediately, though. That got a patch within, like, a week. The
1: Android version
0: still to this day sucks, in fact.
1: No, the Android one's been patched. They've all been patched. <laughs> Chris, I played it yesterday. Okay, but my my point is they also patched the Steam one to fix that problem as well. Um, but yet, like they. But the, the problem is like six had the ugly ass artwork It had all this other shit. It cut out all the bonus stuff that was added for the Game Boy Advance version, but you couldn't legally get that anywhere. And then finally, they did the Pixel remasters, and that kind of fixed the problem.
0: Um, have you played the Six Pixel, pixel remaster? Because it's pretty great.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's got a few things I don't like. Like what? Uh, well, I, I don't want to get off too much on this, but just off the uh, top. This
0: is an off-topic yeah. that
1: I want to explore. Because I, I remember I had a few notes, but the main one that I can remember off the top of my head, like, in general, I, I quite like it, I, I I'm in agreement, but one of the things that did bother me, and this is pretty minor, it's a, it's mostly a nitpick, but it's, I don't get quite the same chills when I watch the opening mech sequence, where the
0: magic armor's marching on Narch. I absolutely agree with you but also because uh we both read this before we heard it spoken i can't correct you with any authority but it's Narshi. okay yeah
1: i was just thought it was uh in march but i mean it's probably a opera reference i don't get because that's it, most of that game. It's
0: literally neither of us have the right answer. This is only an opinion. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like when uh, uh it's it would be Figaro, you know. Figaro, 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 but I always thought of it as Figaro.
0: It's Figaro for yeah. me. The slight change on the A vowel.
1: Yeah. Anyway, but my point was why question. that one Chris, more Question. First I need to answer your question before you can one ask more another one. Question. No, I need to actually answer your question, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> The reason I don't think that hits as strong as the original does is specifically because they don't have the credits play over that sequence. Yes. Okay. Now answer. The,
0: ask the question. What is Edgar's muscular brother's name? Saban. Saban. No, I can I can
1: tell you definitively it's Saban because there's a wrestler named Chris Saban and it's spelled the same way. Doesn't matter.
0: Yes, it does. Uh he's named after the character Chris. I am Chris Truscott. I have met several scots. That's nice. I don't care. It's it's Sabin. It's Sabin. You're wrong. Head cannon. Anyway. But that one your headcanon is factually wrong. Uh, it's not. A wrestler picking the name, the wrestler could be wrong. He got and, it from Square Enix. He's still wrong, because I'm right, always, by default. Uh, one thing I did really will He will like, suplex you like he suplexes a train. That motherfucker n- can go. That was actually with the Pixel Remaster, one of the complaints. Yeah. Is... You can't suplex the train anymore. You can't suplex the train. It's bullshit. That is such bullshit. You need to <laughs> suplex the train. Um. Anyway, you notice how we've been happy now in talking?
1: and talking? passionate and loving things? Mostly. Yeah. One thing well, I wanted a- to
0: add. Oh, okay, go ahead. I really, really... Actually, one of my favorite things of the Pixel Remaster... Mm-hmm is one of my favorite video go- video game moments ever, the FF6 opera scene. Yeah. They actually vocalized the opera, and they gave Celes just a regular person singing voice and not a professional operatic singer, where there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I straight up love that. I thought, like... I legitimately, like, got choked up and weepy. And say what you want about me for that. But it... It literally emotionally affected me when I went through that opera scene. And I found out this is just a regular person that isn't a trained singer doing their best to try to sing this opera. And this this is, like... A favorite scene of mine, but I I got choked up and weepy listening to that. It was amazing.
1: That's fair. Uh, so now that we've talked passionately about stuff we love, hey, what do we hate? Well, well what I hate is um a great example of the problem that this cloud based service can have because, hey, Final Space. Have you heard about this? I have not. Are you familiar with the show Final Space? No. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to preface this by, I'm, just just because it might be weird to talk about it without mentioning my opinion on it, I think it's fine. I don't think it's amazing, but I I think it has some episodes that are really good and some that I think that suck. I th- But I always thought it was an interesting experiment. It's bit, uh, very simplistically, it's a comedic space opera.
0: Okay. But it's definitely still got a lot of serious moments. <laughs> Sort of like how Orville started out as comedy, but then they're like, "Wait, we're just straight up a legit sci-fi show now."
1: Yeah, I don't think it ever went fully legit, but it. Um... Uh, season three, it did. No, no, I'm talking about
0: Final Space. Ah, okay.
1: Um, yeah. So this was created by Olin Rogers, who is uh about our age, actually, uh, more my age than yours, but I mean the gap isn't that brutal. Um, and he did, and he ended up being able to create um Final Space, which was you know it was kind of a passion project for his mm-hmm. he voices um the main character you know he he writes most of the show uh directed a lot of it as well i believe um like the pilot was on youtube before it got picked up by tbs and then adult swim mm-hmm. picked it up after that and one of the main people who championed it was uh, conan o'brien and mm-hmm. who ends up actually providing a recurring voice on the show but that's all unfortunately man get it what you can because they're pulling it from every streaming service.
0: Hmm. Want to know why they're pulling it from every stream service? Was it offensive or is this just money? Money! But uh, of course it is. It's going to be pulled off Discovery once
1: its international rights on Netflix are uh, uh, up for renewal.
0: Okay, the Discovery problem. Yep. That is just a whole thing. I don't even. It's, it's happening. We can't really even discuss it other than concerning and troubling are my comments. I don't know how it's all going to shake down, but the discovery thing is... It's not going well. I mean, no. Like, this is one of the most... Like, we've already complained about how Batgirl basically got erased off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Which is really fucked up. Well... Deciding not to release it is one thing, but deciding to wipe it from existence strictly for tax purposes so they can get a big check at the end of it is pretty gross.
1: Yeah, I mean, because there's not even, like, an indication of, like, oh, they might put it on DVD or something. It's, like, going to be gone. You cannot legally acquire it after this
0: period, whatever that is. Literally, if at any point, unless... Like, aliens take over, and we are all subservient to our new dictator, and all the laws disappear. As things currently stand, if they ever release Batgirl in any capacity or form, they have a multi-million dollar refund that they have to return. So it's simply not going to happen. In our current reality. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Very.
1: <laughs> and, I, like, because, like, this is kind of the problem, because it means the only way this will survive is piracy. And this has been a recurring problem. Like, to give you some idea of how bad this is, um, you've seen
0: Doctor Who. Uh, up to the first Capaldi season. Okay. After that. Have you watched the original series ever? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I jumped in with Eccleston and I finished with Capaldi's first season and I I, I noped. Uh, but I have seen a couple uh, Hartnell episodes. I've seen a couple uh, who is, is fourth? Tom Baker. Yeah, no, sorry, I was going to say Baker. I was going to start actually naming them as 1 and 4, and then I was like, wait, who's 4? Don Baker. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I've seen a couple of each, but I have not done a deep dive.
1: Here's the thing, Chris.
0: Are you familiar with the Lost Episodes? In that I am aware they exist, I could not tell you what is on them so
1: because here's the thing back in the the 50s and 60s television was still finding its footing like one of the initial things is that reruns were not allowed because hmm. i believe it was actors unions i'm gonna blame for this part um what they did because of this is still fucking stupid i'm just gonna say but actors unions were basically like hey this is like a play so you can't just rebroadcast the thing. You have to have us come back and perform the whole thing again.
0: Fair enough, because they get <sighs> paid per performance, not yeah. per release.
1: Like, this is before everything like residuals got figured out, right? Like, this is the early days of television.
0: Yeah, and I get <sighs> it. It's like, if if we perform once and get paid once, and then you play and make profit of this thing we got paid for once 5,000 times... We got a problem here? Yeah. Like, I totally get that.
1: Yeah, because, like, television was still separate from film. and the whole thing. Because, I mean, obviously, if they just copied what film had done, that probably would have made things go a little better. But what can you do? Because, I mean, a lot of films from that era have survived. TV, not so much. And that's the thing. That was one of the things that, like, there's a lot more that went into this. But as a result, uh, the BBC, and they're not alone in this, they have these big, expensive tapes. And once they air the thing that's recorded, they have no reason to keep it. <clears throat> so, guess what happens? It gets refilmed. Yep. With something entirely different. Yep. So, as a result, over 100 episodes of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. episodes, not stories, because back in the day, they were like three-parters, four-parters all the
0: time. Yep. Yep. Over 100 episodes were lost. That that I am aware of. There are some Doctor Who episodes They've recovered some, but there are literally some episodes that can, in fact, never be seen again. Sort of. So here's the thing. Actual
1: full video copies of some of the episodes are very likely gone forever, which sucks balls. However— Anything being lost sucks balls. Chris, Silver Lining, and Hooray Mm -hmm. for Pirates, people recorded audio of every episode— Huh. There is pirated audio that has been turned over to like the
0: Doctor Who restoration team and everything like that. Nobody's gonna get mad at piracy at this point. This is just gonna be a straight up thank you so much. Well,
1: this is what I'm saying, right? <laughs> like I under- this is why I kind of get defensive over piracy. Because I understand you don't want people pirating like the latest Adobe um sound mixer or whatever, because then it's like hey, this is major proprietary software that we sell to studios or whatever. You shouldn't just be able to get that for free, whatever. And, you know, God knows how many man hours are put into that,
0: right? That That is a a vicious cycle because Adobe specifically is way more expensive than similar software. Mm-hmm. And I they, just picked
1: it as a random example. You don't need to go on a huge screen about Adobe. No, but if you want to, it, you this
0: is small. Okay. it It is way more expensive than similar software. The reason is, it is kind of the flagship of similar software, and is most frequently pirated, therefore they have to charge more to actually recoup losses, and I legitimately don't know how to feel about that. That is a chicken and egg. It's like, people pirate it more because it costs more, but it costs more because people pirate it, that's difficult. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, please carry on. So here here's um So as a result, Doctor Who's barely being saved. Now, hey, uh just quick aside, you know what else the BBC nearly destroyed? I don't. Fa- think famous British TV show. You mm-hmm. you might actually be able to guess this one. Office? Nope. Earlier. We're talking '60s.
0: Oh. Uh, I don't know. Most of the things that are Monty Python's
1: mind... Flying Circus wasn't that that stopped ages ago. No, it aired in the sixties. Yes, and like they were going to destroy the
0: tapes. Oh, this is what I'm saying, Chris. Oh, so this is the the tape rewrite? Okay.
1: Yeah, they didn't. Which is the reason we have the entire series.
0: That is a relief, because
1: that's comedy gold. And I'm probably going to credit this incorrectly, but I got the impression Terry Jones was the one who uh, bought the
0: tapes to save them. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't know the answer, but if that's wrong...
1: Feel Whatever. free to call us.
0: <laughs> yeah. 1-833-222-1091. Cablozzle.
1: Yeah. Anyway.
0: I hate Cablozzle. Why did I just throw it out? Because you're not the host. Good point.
1: <laughs> um, And, like, yeah, there's a few other shows that had this problem. Um, Like, I I could make some references, but people will probably not get it. Hey, look up Spike Milligan. He had a show that got erased. That sucks. Anyway. um. So, and then another example uh, that came up with me very recently, because we're just talking about lost media now, and how, how how much this sucks, which is why something needs to be done. Because I mentioned that the American Sailor Moon got saved a few weeks ago. Uh, hmm. I think I, you know, because thankfully Library of Congress had it, like Crystal. <laughs> or no, the no, OG. OG before they dubbed the original anime, they tried to make an American cartoon pilot of it. Oh, yeah, you were mentioning that. It was yeah. a live-action... It was a combination live-action and cartoon. garbage. Oh, it was hot garbage. It was kind of fun, but it was still, yeah, not great. <laughs> I mean, you called it Sailor Moon, and then she's leading the Princess Warriors. Fucking, I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> arguing about continuity for a show that never actually got made. <laughs> so, yeah. we're just going to move on. But... Um, you may not remember this show. Have you heard of a show, and this is also a book series, so you may have
0: heard of this in some respect. Uh, I was a sixth grade alien. Sixth grade alien, that sounds familiar. It it was about a blue kid with a horn sticking out of his head. Who wrote it? Um. Was that a Colville? That sounds like a Colville. Yep, Bruce Colville. I don't know if I actually read that one, and I was, like, heavy into Bruce Colville. I read Space Brat, uh, the Aliens Ate My Homework series, the Teacher Glows in the Dark, uh, like the My Teacher series. I was heavy into Bruce Colville, and this was always a weird one that I never avoided, but never really jumped on either.
1: Yeah, that's fair. But, um, yeah, so this was a TV show adapted from the books, somewhat. Uh, you can debate how much of an accurate adaptation it was. But this aired on YTV back in 1999 to 2001. hmm. And was a co production with a bunch of different uh, production companies. Season one is readily available online. I think even Tubi has it now. Tubi's been great for archiving, by the way. I'm just going to mention that. Shout out to them. Hopefully, they ne- never go under because. Uh, They've got a bunch of weird crap on there, plus a lot of classic stuff. Um, Season two, no one knows who can legally distribute it. So that show's got an entire second season that no one can legally distribute. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm just going to mention one of the reasons why I was looking this up is I was randomly looking at Michael Sarah's first acting role because he was on that show. Hmm. This is 1999, so he was like 13. But, um, him and a bunch of other Canadian actors who've gone on to, like, a lot of them ended up on Degrassi, I think. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, so, just think, like, an entire show from 2000 and 2001, like, it aired over the 2000 to 2001, the second season. No one knows who owns that. No one can legally distribute that. That's not that long ago. That's weird. Right? Like, I'm talking about the 60s. That's still technically the early days of television. Like, I think it was the 70s they finally stopped burning shit at the BBC, And I don't know how much they did that in the States,
0: since obviously a lot of classic shows from then still exist. But I wonder if what, in recent news, happened to Batgirl. I wonder if copyright was certainly behind closed doors as aggressive back then. I wonder if a lot of stuff has been lost behind Delete Forever get huge paycheck question mark profit um that we never knew about
1: well yeah cuz for everyone we eventually find out about like the fantastic 4 1994 movie yeah <laughs> which which was never supposed to be released it was filmed with all intents and purposes never to actually be released yet we still managed to get our hands on that which is amazing um but for every instance of something like that you know, there's got to be, like, I think I mentioned this before, that there was a Vinny Jones movie that was distributed entirely by newspaper. Uh, go on. Uh, I don't want to get too much into the movie, because it's a fucking weird movie. Uh, it's called The Riddle, it stars Vinnie Jones, and it was distributed with, uh, like a Sunday edition of a British newspaper on DVD. Like, so you'd get your oh, newspaper so it and- case came fr- in
0: the newspaper. Yeah. But, I mean, think about that. That worked for, like, gaming magazines for a bit. Yeah. I can't imagine that working for movies. Again, it's as far as I know, the only movie that went straight to newspaper, which is a hmm. fucking fun sentence to say.
1: That's, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not as very As far as
0: Bruce Culver works, I would still like to see an animated, uh... Aliens Ate My Homework series mm. and a live-action My Teacher series. That's fair. Space Brat can just remain how it is. That didn't really do a lot for me. But also, if I'm looking at episode time... Yeah, I think it's time we talk about... I think you better start talking about McFoley. Mm.
1: So you came to me asking me about McFoley in particular because you randomly saw a video of him after you watched another match I linked you to Yeah,
0: my my question to you, to reiterate for the rest of everyone, mm-hmm. uh, was Is he actually still around and doing shit? Uh he's no longer wrestling. He's been, Well yeah. Yeah. But oh he's very much still alive and still he's only fifty seven. Well yes. I, I didn't think he was dead. Yeah. I just thought he probably moved on but i guess he's got a good thing going so yep no he's i don't think he's actively done anything major wrestling wise in the last little bit
1: um he's he's done a lot of interesting stuff like he volunteered uh for the rain network as a support co- uh counselor hmm? he did a documentary on santa claus interesting yeah he's done some very fascinating stuff and like he had a he had a reality <laughs> show for-
0: interesting not fascinating <laughs> i thought it was fascinating eh.
1: He had a he had a reality show like most people do. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah. And he had to de- he had to be the one of the fathers who had to deal with a lot of people lusting over how attractive his daughter was. Mm. That's always awkward.
0: That's always gross. Yeah, that was brought up on fucking WWE programming. I'm just like that's so, people, awesome. humans. Yeah. I'm talking to literally anybody that listens to this. Can we stop being fucking gross? Yeah. Please. Like it's twenty twenty two Just stop. Stop being gross. I'm
1: just gonna I'm just gonna put a quick aside here. Anyone who's actively counting down to an actress turning eighteen, uh, just because then you won't you can think about her and not feel like a pedophile if you if you're Fucking stop. If you're if you're actively setting stuff watching that you might be a pedophile anyway. Just saying. Yep. I'm just going to bring that up. Anyway, let's go on to something more wholesome like Mick Please. Foley. And <laughs> the man he wanted to wrestle but never got a chance to because he got murdered. <laughs> That's a segue. <laughs> yeah, it is. So Mick Foley got his start in the 80s. Do, like at the time, I believe he was he, he was just basically wrestling under his own name but modified. Like, I think he started as. So, this
0: was before Cactus Jack? Oh, yeah. Well, because one
1: okay. of his first ring names was Jack Foley.
0: Okay. So, you can see how he ended up with Cactus yeah. Jack. Well, Cactus Jack was just because his beard was scruffy. Yep. His beard has been scruffy since 17, as far as I know.
1: Oh, he's. Like, it was. It's it's, got, it's alternated between, like, sharp, ha- twisted hairs and just regular curly hairs. And, um, yeah, he's. He started out in. Um, just kind of doing a lot of independent stuff, and one of the guys he always said was one of his favorites was uh, Bruiser Brody, who we should probably talk about at some point because there's a whole Dark Side of the Ring episode on how Bruiser Brody got murdered under very questionable circumstances. As you talk, I'm going to add that to the list. That's probably something to think about for another time because uh, that's fucked up. As, anyway, um, and one of his... I love this. Probably one of his earliest... um, Let's call it televised... Uh, appearances was for Herb Abrams, uh, with the, what was it called? Was it the Ultimate Wrestling Federation? Um, the UWF. And that UWF was, um, (laughs) oh, it was a clusterfuck. Um, it was run by a guy who had a lot of money, but didn't know what the fuck he was doing. So it folded almost as quickly as it started. So, uh... 6% 6% of the world? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Anyway. But, um, he, yeah, he, he also had early stints in WCW and what would become um, ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling. I forget what it was called before that. I want to say Tri-State Wrestling. Um, anyway, that was based out of Philly. But probably his first major storyline is when he star- debuted in WCW. Because he ended up uh, teaming with Van Hammer and... Abdullah the Butcher, <laughs> and he ended up having a feud with Sting, who was WCW champion at the time. He did not win the championship, but it, it's what around year this time. What was
0: this? This was 1991. And this year, 2022, Peter and I together watched a match that still featured Sting, the wrestler, actively wrestling. That's insane, right? But go on. Chris, Sting's older than uh, Mick Foley. Again, that's <laughs> insane. Go on, because that sounds like a whole other conversation. We haven't done a Sting one. We've mentioned him. We haven't done a full Sting. Fuck, Sting is so complicated because there's so many iterations of Sting. Anyway, uh, that's why it's going to be a full thing.
1: Uh, But yeah, and like 91 and 92 is around when he did like the classic Cactus Jack bang bang with his the finger guns and the... He would Like, that's when he really focused on choking people. Like, that would lead to the development of the Mandible Claw. I don't think he had the Mandible Claw yet. I'm well, not... that wasn't until he was Mankind with the Sock, right? Well, no, he did it before he used Mr. Socko. Okay. But I don't think he fully used the Mandible Claw until he created the Mankind character. I could be wrong about that. Uh, because he also used, like, a double underhook DDT, which was one of his classic moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mick Foley had some rather infamous... I be- what was he in? Was he in the goddamn um, House of Horrors match or whatever it was? Shit, uh, uh,
0: I couldn't tell you, Peter.
1: Uh, God damn it! There's there's a hilarious match that where where the loser had to get shoved into an electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he was in His that execution on live TV is fun. The problem is, for everything I actually want to talk about, I'm realizing he's involved in something else ridiculous.
0: This is this is one of the things about Mick Foley. So He is one of the longest-standing presences of oh yeah. this and related franchises.
1: Uh, heads up for Emily, if you're listening, get uh, pay attention for the next at least
0: three or four um, paragraphs here. She <laughs> lost interest an hour ago. Damn it, Chris. We've been recording for 45 minutes.
1: Uh, anyway, so uh, in 1993, Cactus Jack faced Vader the Mastodon who I believe was champion at the time. He may not have been. It doesn't really matter. But here's the thing. Bill Watts, who ran WCW at the time, decided to take away the padding outside the ring. Hmm. Because he wanted to make it light-hit and make his guys look tougher. And then said, Vader, powerbomb Cactus Jack onto the concrete. No. <laughs> they did it. Ouch. <laughs> Which is fucking... Yeah. Vader tried his best. Like, Mick... Does not blame him for this. Mick ended up with a concussion. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> he got bombed on concrete. If you're remotely familiar with what a power bomb move looks like, it can be done safely, but even then it's still an awkward move to take. And trying to take that on an incredibly hard surface, I can only imagine how much that fucking sucks. So, hey,
0: what do you do? You, you, the guy who's involved Mad in the Mad respect few... for the athletes and performers that can pull that off. No shit. So
1: as a result, they decided this gave Cactus Jack amnesia.
0: Hmm.
1: And the reason I told Emily to pay attention is this led to a series of sketches called Lost in Cleveland. Hmm. Well, yeah, because like he was basically I think he was meant to be in a psych ward because he had amnesia. Okay. Yeah. And
0: it's um Yeah. So this is like... It's an
1: incredibly bad
0: taste. This is the god role in uh, Dogma. Yeah, sure. Just gone the whole time, and then Deus Ex Machina show up as Atlantis Morissette at the end. Oh, no, I'm thinking more... um, I thought you were referring to something else in Dogma. No, it's more
1: like... Uh, you remember how Buddy Christ was considered in really bad taste? Mm-hmm. Imagine if Buddy Christ came about because... um, uh, What's his nuts? Why can't I think of his name? The guy who played the priest who invented the Buddy Christ. Uh, George Carlin. George Carlin, thank you. I could think of the C, but I couldn't think of the full name. Uh, it's like if George Carlin's character came up with that idea after somebody got hit by a car. <laughs> like, that's the level Maybe. of bad taste we're dealing with. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so that happens, and this leads to a brutal match between... Vader and McFoley, which leads to part of McFoley's ear coming off. Was that just kayfabe, or did this <laughs> Fuck actually no, happen? It was. Oh, it really happened, Chris. He, like, I still don't fully understand what happened, and it's not something I really want to analyze with close detail.
0: <laughs> like, there's there's so some... legitimately either an injury or disease. No, no, this was 100% an accident. Here's what happened.
1: Uh as far as I can understand, he, Fully's head was like twisted into the ropes and when he got removed from the ropes, it tore off part of his ear. Ooh. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh. And that that's I I I don't care for that. <laughs> no. Um
1: and then yeah, Foley um <laughs> I always love this. Uh, this is around the time Eric Bischoff took over WCW, and Fully's like, this man cost me my ear. Um, soon after this, Bill Watts got fired for being racist.
0: No, oh, what a shock. Hey, people were getting canceled back in 1993. <laughs> Did he move on to a career in the Tesla factory? Uh, no idea. Mm, that's a whole problem we can talk about in another episode. Oh shit, right?
1: Uh, Anyway, but Eric Bischoff was like, I don't know, him taking off your ear doesn't seem like a good storyline. <laughs> Pissed Mick Foley off. My favorite part is you won't let me exploit me losing my ear <laughs> Pissed Mick Foley off. So he decided to leave WCW. Yeah. I know, it's great.
0: I just like I just gotta love I, this like, why won't you exploit me? Fucking I'm out. <laughs> I I have I have this same sense in a much smaller uh not franchise but independent podcast that no one listens to. But still, if for some reason, if the best thing I can do, like, uh, like the, uh, the shitstorm I had to deal with and I discussed on a Let's Play and the podcast, (laughs) if the worst things that happen to me can't at least turn into a little bit of, uh presence product. If somebody forbids me from talking about my hardships on an entertainment medium, it's like let me have the one thing. Yeah. It's brutal if you're not allowed to talk about and profit from your hardships. You're taking the last things from me.
1: <laughs>
0: uh
1: <clears throat> but um so as a result, he ended up in Extreme Championship Wrestling as one of their early stars. Because ECW probably really had, really kicked off around 93, 94. ECW is another thing that's really worth talking about in full at some point
0: because there's a lot of fucked up shit with them. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, The Mankind character, did that come from ECW? Or? Nope, this was still Cactus Jack. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: Mankind uh, comes a little bit later. We're getting there, though. Um, He would... So Mick would... um run through here a bit i think he was heavyweight champion at one point he, he i know he feuded with sandman who was champion for a while <clears throat> and one of the things he did was he both because mick foley coming in in the 80s he was very much a deathmatch guy
0: mm-hmm.
1: not to the nearly quite the same extreme that later come but he became something of a deathmatch guy and then later created a character who refused to do death matches in a deathmatch company <laughs> Which I always thought was great. That's still a gimmick that people do to this day to great effect. <clears throat> it's pretty great. Um <clears throat> But like uh somewhere along the way he got really kinda put off with ECW, and ECW was also not great at um uh paying people. One of the many controversies with ECW. Yeah. So he ended up taking a deal with the WWF. And as he tried to do his farewell tour in ECW, of course, people thought he sold out, which is hilarious because he said that at the time he was actually probably not getting paid a lot of money, or guaranteed money, I should say, in the WWF when he
0: got hired. Which is wild. I I I, I hate that certain careers, and certainly music is one of them, but just entertainment in general. There are certain careers. Where the fully reasonable expectation of, I provide a talent and a service, okay, great, and I should be paid for this talent and service, <laughs> fucking sellout. It's like, this is an artist providing a talent and a service. Like, pay them. Yeah. <laughs> sellout is a ridiculous concept, <laughs> Yep. But anyway, um,
1: so when he came to the WF, uh Jim Ross, you know, good old JR, he convinced Vince McMahon to hire him. And Vince is like, all right, I'm going to use you. I don't want you to be just be an enhancement talent, but I hate your face. Which he was missing part of his ear at this point. Fair enough. That can be shocking. And this is Vincent McMahon we're talking about. I'm not going to pretend he's a nice guy.
0: I love you, Vince McMahon, boys, by the way.
1: That's still not even me trying to fully lean into it.
0: So what we're going to do is we're
1: going to make it, we're going to cover up your face. We're going to make you a freak. A man who has leather mask and chains. Mason the Mutilator. They uh, later walked that back, as you can imagine. So he didn't become Mason the Mutilator, he just became Mankind. Which was partially, I think, Foley's idea. I think it was partially or fully Foley's idea. And, like, one of the whole things is he would, um, he lived in, like, the boiler room and, like, squealed like a pig and just kind of acted crazy. He had a best friend named George the Rat, who I'm pretty sure mm. was dead the whole time. Neat. Yeah. Like, so he was, he was, a, and this is, yeah, this is where he fully embraced the mandible claw. He didn't use Mr. Socko yet. Mr. Socko was later invention. He. Foley? Yes. Embraced? I'm glad you caught that. Hey. I could have said it another way and avoided the pun. I chose not to. I chose to <laughs> jump on it. Yep. I appreciate that. Um, and this is, he came in at a great time because 96 was when they were getting rid of the last of the stupid gimmicks from the mid nineties. Like one of the, the first guy he, he feuded like with. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking more of Bob Sparkplug Holly, who was a race car <laughs> driver. He was a wrestling race car driver. Neat. That's going to be a future world champion. Uh, and then he ended up with a few... Spoilers,
0: w- I've never heard of him.
1: Yeah. Bob Holly. if you, if you watched in the 90s, you probably might recognize the name. He had a few moments of significance, but not a huge deal. And his race car character was definitely not one of them. <laughs> race car driver, whatever. Yeah. No, yeah. If he was a race car, that would have been interesting. He's a fucking transformer. <laughs> um, and he would very quickly develop his feuds with The Undertaker, which would become legendary. Because, like, that was, like, his second major feud. Uh, in And this is in 96. And they were way away from the big feud with The Undertaker that would make them both legends for 100% real. Um, but he actually ended up fighting um, Shawn Michaels for the world title within his first year, hmm. which was pretty impressive. Uh, he lost, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then, yeah, he took on a f- few other dudes. And one of the big storylines that picked up, um, I'm skipping over a few, is Stone Cold Steve Austin was on the cusp of being Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, you know, the greatest yeah, res- yeah. He, The
0: guy. Yeah. He, he was, was the guy for
1: a lot of years. Yeah. So one of the storylines was he won the Tag Team Championship with Shawn Michaels. And then Shawn Michaels was, air quotes, injured. I believe it was a storyline that he wasn't actually injured. Uh, so Stone Cold had to vacate the titles or fight Owen Hart and the British Bulldog on his own. And Mankind's like, "Hey, Stone Cold, I maybe I could be your partner. I can't really do a Mankind, <laughs> but I, I'm just trying to do the mannerisms a bit." And Stone Isn't Cold's like, "More gravelly? Oh, it's a hundred percent, but it's also like high pitched. It's like so
0: not how I talk like this." No, that's not even close. <laughs> I, I don't actually know his voice. I literally went on a high-pitched and gravelly. That was my guess. I guessed wrong.
1: It, it's it's like if Morty from Rick and Morty sounded more like a proper human. But, like, it's kind of that same mannerisms to a
0: degree. It's So, wait, Morty is the nephew, not the uncle?
1: Yeah. Like the kid from Rick okay. and Morty. Yeah. Okay. Imagine
0: that, but like an adult man. Who can actually? I like, don't know that show well enough to try to approximate it. So, that's fair. no, it's it's hard. I am not going to try. I, I will. I, I am impressed with people who myself. who can do
1: a proper Mick Foley impression. I consider that a very
0: difficult impression to do. Um, but I can figure it out, and I'm gonna do it for you. That's fine. So, here's what happened. <laughs> he, Stone Cold
1: rejected him, thinking he was just a freak. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "All right, I guess I can't be a freak then." So what happened instead was he comes out as a weird tie-dye hippie named Dude Love.
0: I forgot about Dude
1: Love. Yep. And that <laughs> didn't last long, did it? Yes and no. Uh, because he and Foley ended up being a tag team, um, <laughs> and they were champions for a while. But then the infamous SummerSlam 1997 incident happened where Owen Hark broke fucking Stone Cold's neck. If you ever wonder why Stone Cold Steve Austin seemed to come and go so quickly,
0: that's one of the reasons why. Oh, did that actually happen? That is a hundred percent a legitimate thing that happened. Oh my goodness. I literally to this day thought the broken neck was kayfabe because he wanted some time off. No, fuck no. That was a hundred percent. Oh man. That probably shortened his career by at least five years. That is literally breaking news today for me. (laughs) Uh, I did not think that was real.
1: mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So that that kind of screwed over fully a bit, and so he kind of (laughs) did the Dude Love thing, uh, including a feud with Triple H, when Triple H was just Hunter Hearst Hemsley. Um, And there was actually a bit where they did a sketch where Dude Love and Mankind argued who should wrestle.
0: Did he perform under the full name before the abbreviation? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that. Triple H started as a um, Connecticut Blue Blood, who...
1: I I remember that one. uh, Which is why he has the name he, he does. And, yeah, he was just basically a pompous dude who was like, I'm a wrestler because I am the best at what I
0: do. Which is why his move is called the pedigree. hmm Yeah, that's all that I, shit. I knew all that, and I thought right from the start he was Triple H, which No, was just a immediately... very obvious nickname to give him later. Well, I thought that was the gimmick. It's like, Triple H, what does that stand for? Why, it's Hunter Hirsch Helmsley... Like Man. I, I thought that was a bit right from the start. Yeah, is he went by Triple H, which represented this other thing. So, I'm learning a lot. As this is fine, this is what as I'm here usual for. for your wrestling segments. And, I and love there's it.
1: still a plenty of shit. I'm like, oh right, I forgot about that. Um, so what happened though is I mentioned Dude Love and Mankind had a conversation about who should fight, uh, Triple H, <laughs> and they eventually Hunter Assembly, I'm not gonna say the full name, but um, and they eventually decided he should do it which led to the WWF debut of Cactus Jack. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, he ended up beating uh, Triple H by pile driving him through a table. So that's a fun segment to look up if you ever get a chance. Um uh don't worry we're getting there's still a lot but I'm going to try to get through it cuz I know we're already almost at time. <clears throat> uh we're past time, but I don't care. Carry on. So Terry Funk, hardcore legend in his own right, one of mm-hmm. uh mcfoley's friends he had his first of many retirements in 1997 i don't think he's still retired wow i this is what i'm saying uh he's like Rick he's, he's got to be like
0: 60 now
1: right uh terry funky's gotta be i think he's old than that Oof. yeah he's 78 oh boy <laughs> yeah i mean he had good reason to retire in 97 but yeah but it, like yeah he retired in september of 1997 broke retirement in December of 1997 to join forces with Foley in the WWF as Chainsaw Charlie, who challenged uh, the New Age Outlaws for the Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania 14, which is the night Austin won the title for the first time. Mm -hmm. But before that, in the 1998 Royal Rumble, uh, the number one entry in the match was Cactus Jack. The number 16 entry was Mankind. The number 28 entry was Dude Love.
0: So he was busy that day.
1: Oh my, was he ever.
0: <laughs> it was a, it was in retrospect very stupid, but it was still as, a lot of fun, as I have stated repeatedly. Wrestling isn't fake, wrestling is scripted. Yep. I am going to go out on a limb and not speak for Peter, but I myself could not even do what Any one of those people do in one match with a full script and a full month of preparation. So, three even scripted matches in one evening? Well, it's technically the same match. Yeah? He's just wrestling his three different characters. That's fucking insane. Oh my, is it ever? (laughs) Like... Like that man is a machine. Yep, yeah. and he was the
1: main person Stone Cold feuded with in between WrestleMania and SummerSlam that year. I and think he...
0: this was before Stone Cold Rock feud, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. no, because that was uh, Survivor Series '98. Okay, and this is that's in uh, November. Uh, like WrestleMania is in usually around April or the very end of March. SummerSlam's typically August, sometimes very late July. And then Survivor Series is typically around Thanksgiving. Just to give you some idea of the timeline for major wrestling pay-per-views. Um anyway, so <laughs> he ended up doing that, and then he ended up in a feud with The Undertaker. Which led to him. Yeah. Uh again. <laughs> this and uh hey, so this is uh okay. I just want to make sure I've got the timeline right on this. Was this Yeah, because this was King of the Ring 1998, I want to say. Yes, okay, and that uh, King of the Ring constantly changes, so this is one I can't just cite from memory. June 28th, okay. So after his feud with Stone Cold, he ended a feud with The Undertaker in 1998, which culminated in King of the Ring with the third ever Hell in a Cell match. Now, odds are if you're familiar with The Undertaker-Mankind feud at all, you know about this match because two very infamous things happened. First, in the opening bout, Mankind t- climbed to the top of the cell. Uh, the top of the cell is roughly 16 feet in the air. This is relevant because Undertaker went up there and shoved him off. Ooh. And he fell 16 feet through a table. The announcer's table, to be exact. Uh,
0: planned? or? What? Oh, no, that was Sorry.
1: 100% planned. Okay. Which is important for what happens next.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, if that's a whoops, because whoops has happened in planned wrestling entertainment, and it's bad almost every time. Uh, How was this planned, Peter? Oh,
1: well, the first one was planned because, like, they're on top of the cage, and then Undertaker's going to push him off, and he's going to kind of control his fall so he lands on the announce table to break his fall. Because otherwise, you know, like I said, what happens to him if he hits concrete when he's powerbombed, right? (laughs) that that that,
0: that's literally death
1: (laughs) yeah right so there's a reason they shouldn't be doing this anymore and i don't think they've done it recently thankfully Mm -hmm. there's been a few
0: incredibly dangerous spots that i kind of wish they wouldn't do um i mean just the one that we watched sting did a dive onto like four guys onto not concrete but plexiglass is only yep Somewhat bendy, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that. That was a at least pretty breaking, baller move. At least people breaking your fall is somewhat safe. We, I mean, behind the scenes, obviously they all knew what was going to happen. Yeah, and hopefully they all just caught him collectively as they got taken down. That's not even the most dangerous thing Sting did that year,
1: <laughs> which is
0: insane to say. We'll go into that another time.
1: Oh my yes, um, but then. The unplanned spot in this match is later on. They're on top of the cell again because they didn't learn their lesson the fucking first time. <laughs> uh, hey, so the cell is like a bunch of chain link fences. Yep. What happens when you put a lot of pressure on those, Chris? Uh, they stretch and eventually burst. Yep. Remember how I mentioned uh, back in '93 he got power bombed on concrete and that nearly fucking killed him? Yep. Hey, it's about to happen again. Oh no! He got power bombed on the cell. And went through it,
0: no, that was not planned it I mean wire is made of metal, but it's also pretty thin, and there's only so much thin stretched metal can withstand, and a easily like two if not two fifty pound men, yeah, into some wire. It's gonna break. Yeah. So, that was bad. But
1: Mick Foley fully became a legend that night. If he wasn't already. Yeah. I mean, he always was to me. Um. Yeah. And by the way, he hates people asking if it hurt. <laughs> Just gonna bring that up, because I've met Mick Foley in person. <laughs> I'm not gonna ever ask. <laughs> no shit, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it did. So, after taking some well-deserved time to recover... Yeah. This led to the storyline that set up for Survivor Series 98 which I talked about before. That tournament match night thing mm-hmm. where which he had he had introduced Mr. Sacco. He Mr. McMahon had kind of cleaned up Mankind, made him like his personal pet in a way for lack of a better term. And um seemed to set up Mankind to win the tournament, but then of course big swerve. It was actually the Rock the whole time, <laughs> which is what led to the Rock and Mankind starting their legendary feud. Yeah. Which led to Mankind winning the WWF title. Nice.
0: I want to say twice. Because... He, he He is by no means the only name on the list, but no. he is one of the iconic members mm-hmm. of not just that franchise, but that concept. Like, he has one of the strongest legacies. Oh my, yes. And
1: what what was very infamous is what happened is WCW was live that night on with with WCW Nitro. Meanwhile, okay. meanwhile WWF was t- pre taped. Mm-hmm. So this was taped in advance that Mick Foley was going to win the title that night as mankind beat the Rock. Um, WCW said on air, and this is the words of Tony Schiavone, who really didn't want to say it this way, but he was kind of forced to. It's like, my friends, if you're even thinking about chaining the channel, don't. I understand that they're going to have Vic Foley, who used to wrestle for us as Cactus Jack, win their world title. (laughs) That'll put butts in seats. So they Half a million viewers changed the channel.
0: They announced the winner before the match.
1: Yeah. I can't
0: remember if I talked about it, but that was the same night as the finger poke of doom. That's awkward. Mm. I mean, I mean, that's literally kayfabe. Yeah. We could all know the winner ahead of time. Yes. And we will just collectively pretend not to, to enjoy the match ahead of time. But we all have to agree that we're all going to pretend together. Mm -hmm. Kayfabe is like bedtime fairy tales when you're three. But it's wildly entertaining. But we all have to pretend together. If TV announces the winner before the match, then they fucked up kayfabe, and they suck, and we hate them. Yeah,
1: like... it,
0: it's pretty awful.
1: And um, one of the one of the ones I was going to mention was, like I said, that connected the finger poke with doom. And he, so as a result, though, he had some very infamous feuds with The Rock, including one where... He fought the rock in an I quit match where you're supposed to... The person who says I quit loses. So you inflict as much pain as possible to make someone say that. Okay,
0: so this isn't a pin. This is, uh, I am going to make you suffer.
1: Yeah, it's not even necessarily a submission. It could be as brutal as just, like, being like, if you don't say I quit, I'm going to break your leg. Yeah, And, uh, what, what infamously what happened is Mick Foley was face down, clearly unconscious, and they played audio of him saying, I quit, which he'd said from like a previous interview. And then, but, oh. the, but that became a storyline the next night. He's like, isn't it interesting that an unconscious man would be able to say something so clearly? I wonder where I've heard that before and played the clip. <laughs> it was, it was, hmm. it was kind of fun. Uh, and it led to the infamous halftime heat where Mick Foley and The Rock fought for the WWF title in an empty football arena that aired during a hmm. halftime show. Hmm. Yeah, that was a weird segment. Uh, Mick Foley won by pinning the Rock with a forklift.
0: A move or a literal construction? A literal equipment? forklift. Okay. Neat. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And- I think. I think that's probably a good way to end, unless you have. More. I was just going to mention a couple other things worth K- noting
1: about his later career. One, uh, somehow this eventually led to The Rock and Mankind teaming up to become the Rock and Sock Connection. Interesting. Which is an amazing thrown-together tag team that has stood the test of time. Uh, like, him and him and The Rock have remained decently
0: good friends. Uh, well, yeah, because both of them understand the business and the kayfabe. Yep. And um, I don't,
1: unfortunately, remember what his actual retirement match is. Unfortunately, it's probably something, it was probably a Royal Rumble appearance where he randomly was in there with, because um, the Royal
0: Rumble, you can just get
1: eliminated by getting tossed over the side.
0: Yeah. But uh, but Mick Foley specifically never really left the franchise, did he? Like, he transitioned from wrestler to both announcer and manager, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, well, yeah, he was general manager of Raw more than once.
1: Yeah. so uh, Yep, that... his final match, I just cu- pulled it up, a uh, useful website, I'm just going to plug real quick, cagematch.net. Uh, they can track people's matches. His final match, he was in the 2012 Royal Rumble, hmm. just as a surprise entry. Uh, he lost because they weren't going to make him win. Because gay fame. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is funny because he ended up uh, being there for the rise of uh, Daniel Bryan, a wrestler he's a big fan of. So that was nice. Uh, before that, I think his oh man, yeah, he did not have a lot of matches. <laughs> not a shock. His his final singles match was in 2010, where he beat Ric Flair. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>.
0: <laughs> You're still not good at that. I am not. I anyway, we'll get it right one day. That is that is where I'll leave McFoley, <laughs> and that's where we'll leave this podcast if our. If our host can lead us out,
1: we all live in a... Y- Wait, no, wrong no. thing. No, sorry. I think what I'm thinking of is outro. Three, two,
0: one. Lipstick, trash bag, shatterproof glass, jail pipe tread like grease and chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial breaks shoe,
1: shock absorber. Herbal. But for real, um... Shadow, best character? No. Perfect.